Hello, this is Ward Bryson coming to you out of health education at Athens City County Health Department. If you are a previous listener, you know that I am Ward Bryson. I am the ComCore member serving with health education at ACCHD this year. And we have been doing this podcast to cover different health topics, public health topics, and also just looking at um, service and promoting public health in Athens County. I am joined today by our usual sound tech, Logan Lambert. He is serving as a ComCore member in Nelsonville City Schools. I am also joined by Mia McAllister and Madeline Kramer, both of whom are ComCore members serving at Sojourners Residency Center in the city of Athens. Can you guys introduce yourselves? Hi, Ward. Thank you for having us today. My name is Madeline. I am the recruitment coordinator for the Sojourners Resiliency Center here on the west side of Athens, um, which means I do outreach and getting kids in the center to attend Mia's programs. And then, hello, I'm Mia. Um, I am the program coordinator here at the Resiliency Center. So basically, I either create the programs and facilitate them, or I find other people to lead our programs and sort of deal with the back and forth between Sojourners as a whole and our little tiny Resiliency Center corner of the world. (laughs) Okay. I'm kind of curious from both of you how each of you found your way to the Resiliency Center and to ComCore as well. Uh, Madeline, if you would like to go first. Yeah, um, I actually saw Royal Action, which is another ComCore site, my freshman year at an Earth Day event, and I met Debbie Phillips, who is their founder, who also used to be our state representative before Jay Edwards, and I was like, I want to do that. That is so cool. So while I'm not at Royal Action, because I do not think I'm cut out for the things that Jordan does, and the you know rural action team that goes into the woods i was very excited that i still was able to find comcore and you know appeal to the more community-minded part of me um my undergrad is in political science and history i did an internship with uh, mayor patterson the athens city mayor so i was really involved in the athens community and i didn't want to leave just yet so a role where i could help create this not you know this new organization this new cause and help spread the word was just right up my alley okay great and mia did you also have kind of roots at ou and find your way into the community yeah um i madeline and i were both social sciences so i was an english major with a wgss certificate and um I also just didn't really want to leave. I think COVID kind of took our senior year and I loved Athens. And I also had a lot of strong community ties through my work with the um, Athens Democratic Party. And I wanted a different side that wasn't so OU based. And I feel like we've sort of seen that at all of our sites. But um, as far as Comcore goes specifically, I, once we started our interview process and like talking to all the sites, the Resilience Center really stuck out in terms of like the more social aspect of like getting to speak with people one-on-one um, and like that kind of connection was really important to me in, in terms of a, I don't know, I feel like I use my WGSS certificate every day. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. That's great. That makes sense. Before we get into what the Resiliency Center is and more in specific about your positions and the kind of service that you've been doing and like what you found rewarding. Just, I'd like to take a broader look. What is Sojourners? 
So, jo- so Sojourners started in 1999 in MacArthur by two brothers. Um, the main crux of what Sojourners started as and still does um, is foster care slash family development, family assistance, things like that. Um, but they also, uh, the slogan for Sojourners is where kids and communities matter. So obviously that goes with helping with um, those at-risk youth, runaway, at the risk of being homeless, you know, those who may be struggling in their current housing situation with, um, you know, living with extended family or things like that. So um, Sojourners kind of has three branches, um, the foster care, family development, um, homeless, runaway, at-risk youth, which is kind of what we do, and then the youth build program, which is to help kids get their GEDs um, and give them like life skills um they do a lot of like carpentry and like putting stuff together um they made our basketball hoop so um that's also a program with kids may have dropped out or haven't been able to continue and finish high school okay um and so are the demographics that sojourners as a whole serves is that limited to the youth or is it open to people that are older Sojourners goes from 14 to 24. Um, I can't speak for the foster care because I imagine that it's a whole different beast. Um, But I know youth build and um, most of our um, housing units and things like that is um, 14 to 18 to 24. Okay. How about the residency center? Well, the Resiliency Center sort of serves as a, as a drop-in center for the community as a whole. So we provide services such as uh, hot showers, clean laundry. Um, we have just like um, a closet of clothes that people can come and look through. Um, food pantry, Wi-Fi, those sorts of things are available to anybody in the community. But our programs are supposed to be youth-specific, so those do tend to be in that 14 to 24 age gap. If we can, we're not as stringent about it just because why turn away someone who's interested? But um, but yeah, the, the Resilience Center is sort of the asterisk in that like, we are for the community. Okay, cool. That's really great, actually, that you're open to, you know, like you said, anyone who's interested um, a little bit and then still gearing towards youth and adolescents. Um, you mentioned that Sojourners kind of has these branches and these different um, aims and goals. We know the Resiliency Center is in Athens. Um, are all those other branches also active in Athens City and Athens County? Or are they? I know Sojourners is a big organization that's spread out a little bit. Or is it elsewhere? Yeah, we're in um, five Appalachian, Southeast Ohio counties. Athens, Meigs, Hawking, Jackson, and Vinton County. So it's really important um, that Sojourners is active because in all of these counties because there is not a lot of uh, youth homelessness resources. There is a overnight shelter exclusively in Nelsonville, but they turn people away during the day. So um, Sojourners is the only organization that offers this many resources and things in Appalachian, Ohio. Okay. And with the the youth housing program, is that just a housing first program or is it more contingent on employment and other factors? That's a good question. We have a different, we have a few different types of housing. Um, so like the crisis housing is obviously like you're at immediate risk, you're on the street, you know, things like that. Um, and obviously we want people to work on getting a job, work on finding their own housing and things like that. They're not, they're meant to be longer term than like a few days, um, but not like extended periods, you know, like years. Um, Most people are there usually like three to six months. 
It's usually labeled as transitional housing, uh, which just sort of means like they want to give you the resources that you need in order to go whichever path you want. So for instance, like something we see a lot is like people who want to start job processes and can't because they don't have the, you know, documents that they need. So like we can help them secure a birth certificate, which doesn't seem like a big deal until you realize that you need it to just like apply to places. So there's there's lots of different resources that we get them in touch with, not necessarily just finding a job, but like anything they might need, whether that's like health and resources, getting them in touch with Hopewell, etc. Okay. So you touched a little bit, I'm going to circle around to the actual resiliency center where we're at right now. And you talked about how you can provide um, access to showering and other kind of uh, more needs-based services. But the resiliency center is also just kind of a a drop-in center for youth to hang out and stuff, right? Like what all is here for youth to engage with? There's a lot for youth to engage with at the resiliency center. it is finally getting warmer so as far as the outside things go we do have a basketball hoop and we are currently beginning the stages of a gardening program um, which will be very exciting as well as mural painting because we have a big cement wall and we're ready to make that pretty Um, but inside um, I mean besides our programs we have wi-fi which i feel like a lot of our regular youth take advantage of whether that's for homework or just like a quiet place to sit and chill um and so we have like a tv and and things like that we have a we have a bookshelf we have a lovely bookshelf um, with a variety of books that people can just pick up and read in their own time and check them out um we we have let multiple people take books that they're interested in. Um, they've all been brought back, so we haven't had an issue with that. So there's a lot that people can come to the SRC for, a lot that um, you all have to offer. How long has the Resiliency Center been in operation? Yeah, so we are a relatively new organization um, within Sojourners. We started in October 2020. So obviously... The we bought this building and started construction and stuff before that. I don't know the timeline, but I just know that they still tried to open despite COVID, um, which is really unfortunate because, as you can imagine, you know everything was online. How are you supposed to mm-hmm. reach people who don't have resources when everything's online? It was a difficult time for programming, for sure. right? So we when we started here in August 2020, 2021, it. Um, took a lot of ground laying literally and it it took a lot of groundwork literally and hypothetically because we had a flood and they had to redo our flooring downstairs and you know mia and i and andrea the full-time staff who works here from sojourners like going out into the community re-establishing those connections and things because nobody had really heard about us because of October 2020, everything else, everybody else had something else on their mind. That totally makes sense. Um, and Comcore, so that's you two, has been here since the beginning? Relatively, yeah. They, so we are the only, we are the second Comcore members to be stationed here. So um, yeah, they, they did start, um, <laughs> but it was sort of a lot of back and forth. They were doing a lot of um, at home work because the center itself was like physically closed due to flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I would say we're probably the first like full term actually in the center every day. But yes, Comcore was here before us. I understand. Gotcha. So things were rocky just like with COVID and with the center being closed down and remote work and 
really getting into your full stride now. You two are, are the first full turn comp members. Okay. I would like to talk about programming actually a little bit more. Um, so Mia, you connect with programmers. Yes. What do you look for when you're finding a programmer? Um, what kinds of programs maybe, what they offer? That's a really good question. There's um, a lot of different factors. Um, one thing that I look for to start would be just like a level of interest in the community. Because if we are going to hire someone who is um, not someone that we already have a pre-existing relationship with, I want to make sure that their goals align with our goals. Um, just because we are a nonprofit and like the types of demographics of people that we interact with like I want them to have their best interest at heart rather than looking at it just as a job which I'm not going to fault anybody for that but probably not the best location for that kind of mindset so I do look at like other places that they've worked um for example, we've had programmers in the past that have worked with Sojourners Network, but not the Resiliency Center, um, like 10 years ago, and like picking up on those old contacts. Um, but also just like a skill or a passion that someone feels confident enough to teach a program because it can be nerve wracking. You might have a hobby or a skill that you enjoy in your own time, but to actually explain that to a group of people is very different. Um, so we have some some community members um, who are like artists in the community who have come in and taught classes and that's been like a totally new experience for them. Um, so we we look for like that sort of interpersonal connection that I think we look for like any of our volunteers um, a willingness to like sit down and listen because sometimes participants will just you know start talking and and spilling what's on their mind and that can be overwhelming um, for program leaders if they're not prepared so um, lots of things like that just making sure that they like understand the task ahead of them um, but beyond that, we utilize Comcore members quite a lot because all of us have a, a vast array of interests and um, backgrounds. So we also fully invite like people who are already in our network and are interacting with the same people at their sites to sort of like encourage that rapport to keep going. Okay. And you said that it can be kind of a lot for some <laughs> facilitators, you know, to be confronted with um, just some things that some of the, the people that you're assisting are saying. Are you two usually present for programs and helping out or? Yes, I, I try to be at all of them. Um, Madeline doesn't necessarily have to, but she always is, uh, which is very, I'm very appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely great to tackle those things as a group and, and especially because you once people start coming here for a while, I'm assuming you know a lot of people who are regulars at their center? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you've mentioned some arts programs. You mentioned that you're working on some gardening program coming up. What, like, what is the breadth of all of this? Wide. Um, there, there's, uh, it's kind of hard to, like, find one specific focus when you're dealing with such a wide age range. So we have a lot of members that are still in school. And then we have members who like are graduated in 19 and are just like trying to find their place in the world. So we have like education based programs that would be like tutoring um, for people that are, you know, in, in grade school, high school or college. Um, we also have educational uh, classes that are not so school-based like cooking classes and like resume building cover letter writing things like that um, but we have more practical living uh, sort of classes too um, 
the gardening program is coming up. We're very excited about that. Sort of um, have a, like a food education aspect to it. Um, indigenous plants, things like that. Sort of engage in their environment. Um, we have a lot of art programs. Those tend to be the most popular. Um, one of our most successful programs by far. We had a zine making workshop, um, and everybody loved that. It was like making little magazines, um, and there was like collages and poetry and artwork, and it was really beautiful. And we all put it together at the end and had this finished copy. And I, I think that our participants really like to express themselves and. So the art ones are definitely popular, but we also have um, a Power Gamma, which is an organization at OU, um, partnered program coming up, which will be um, like health education based. So it'll be talking about like sex ed for different age groups, um, specifically queer sex ed, barrier methods, healthy relationships, things like that. So we cover a wide range. Um, of different topics. There's also room for like creative writing and a book club and things like that if interest shows up. But we kind of just try to provide whatever the kids seem interested in. Okay. You mentioned Power Gamma, mm-hmm. and I know that uh, there have been other times that students from OU have plugged in, and you both are from OU in terms of how you relate to the community. Do you leverage any of those connections that you have there? How often do OU students come and volunteer or organizations come and help with programming? Well, Madeline is in, is in charge of outreach, so works directly with our volunteers, so I will let her answer that, but I will say that in, in my own experience, we have done some Comcore recruiting, um, just sort of as Comcore as a whole, not necessarily resiliency center specific, and we've reached out to old contacts in that regard and sort of met with orgs and things like that. Um, but other than that, I, I just know like people that I know that are still here, I will bug them to come do things <laughs> and that in and of itself can be helpful. Okay. Yeah. So our OU volunteers, we had two last semester and we have one right now, um, are for a social work class. They have to get experiential learning hours. Um, so we, ha- like I said, we had two in the fall and then we have, um, Megan right now who, was here yesterday and was helping with our clothing closet and things like that so a lot of people have the idea that they want to volunteer here and i appreciate you know the idea and the thought but we do not have a ton of stuff yet um and when i tell people like we have events going on at the end of this month they're like okay you know and sometimes people have to get a certain amount of hours and that this isn't the most conducive environment for that because it is really sporadic and like where if you go to the food bank like okay you can be packing food bags for four hours and then you can get your hours but here it's like drop-ins and like okay we do have scheduled programming but you know a lot of times we just sit and a busy day for me is within eight hours if three people come in and need services so it's not super conducive to volunteers especially younger people who are trying to figure it out but when they do come and have stuff to do we do appreciate them Okay. So would you say in terms of any help needed from the outside community, the most helpful thing would be programmers and and programs offered? Yeah, um, probably. Also just, you know, spreading the word. If you know there are, you know, youth out there that are, have idle hands and are like sitting outside because they don't have anywhere to go or maybe they just, maybe they don't feel safe at home or also maybe they just like don't feel stifled there and want somewhere else to be like, 
tell them to come here because that is like our main purpose is just to like provide a space for youth to to sit <laughs> um but also i would say uh w- the in the the types of volunteers that we do need um it would probably be beneficial if they weren't on an hour's base just because like there are things for volunteers to do but they would probably only take an hour or two rather than a, a student who needs 20 hours by the end of the month is like we don't know if we can guarantee that that makes a lot of sense um, I will reiterate for our listeners that we are all serving Comcore members, um, and Comcore is an AmeriCorps program that is very much centered on health and wellness of the community. How do your programs contribute to the health and wellness of the people that you serve? That is also a very good question. Um, our cooking classes, I would say, is probably the most like direct comparison I could make because we're we're teaching them how to make healthy meals that are also affordable um so that is like probably the most directly correlated to health and wellness in terms of they are learning like why these types of foods are good for them and like where to find them and how to you know possibly grow them on their own and you know ways around having to 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 buy these big expensive meals because i i do think there's like a little bit of a stigma around um, eating healthy is more expensive, but so we're trying to sort of educate in that regard. Um, but also, I would I would say just like the social connection aspect. Um, a lot of these kids just like need someone to talk to and like attention, and it doesn't always have to be in a heavy regard. Like sometimes they just want to talk about their day, and they're not getting that wherever else. So um, we have like a board gaming program that is focused on queer youth, and um, that has been like really adorable and inspiring to watch these young kids who probably don't feel like they can be their whole selves all the time get to have a space where they get to be their whole selves with other people who are like them um so i think that's really beneficial just to like their minds and their emotional well-being um but i feel like all of our programs kind of do that too our our artistic programs give people that outlet to express themselves and sort of get those feelings out um, whether or not they, you know, choose to do anything with it later, it's just just that outlet provided can be helpful. We also have physical activities, uh, yoga, and things like that. That again would be a little bit more straightforward in terms of like mindfulness and you know loving your body, being care, giving care to your body. But yeah, it sounds like Sojourners Resiliency Center offers a very holistic approach, honestly, to health. Um, probably more than a lot of our sites, I would say. I mean, that's the goal. <laughs> um, we've talked a lot about Sojourners. We've talked about the Resiliency Center. We've talked about programming. I think there is one question that may be on a lot of our listeners' minds, and that is Skate Jam. Skate Jam! <laughs> we didn't rehearse that. <laughs> we, completely unplanned. That makes it sound like it was planned, but that was actually uh, yes. completely unplanned. <laughs> Madeline and I just say the same thing at the same time a lot. That's fair. That's, that's good to be a dynamic duo to do that. Yeah. For those listeners that don't know, what is Skate Jam? The first annual Skate Jam was held in October 2021. It was a benefit concert um, fundraiser for Sojourners Resiliency Center programming and the Athens Skate Park. So it was held at the Athens Skate Park. There was um, quite a few bands there. We had a skate contest. The Appalachian Hellbetties were there, which is um, Athens roller derby team. Um, and we had lots of vendors. Dr. May's food truck was there. Um, so 
that was in October, and we were able to use our funds raised to actually start making some progress on fixing some of the concrete at the park. Um, so by this next skate jam, which will be in August 2022, you'll be able to see some changes. Um, and that was really important. We wanted to show um, changes were actually being made with the money raised. So we are having another, our first Skate Jam 2 2022 event um, is actually at the end of this month, April 23rd at Devil's Kettle Brewing. It'll be a happy hour, but there also will be um, bands and there will be, we'll set up a skate rink. So it's going to be very fun. Um, if you want to get involved, talk to me and Mia and see what it's all about. We encourage you to come by and, you know, check out everything Sojourners and Skate Jam and Devil's Kettle has to offer. Okay. So you said that the funds from the last Skate Jam were used to improve the park. Is that all that they're used for? Or what all do they help you all do with Sojourners? It was a little bit of a half and half. So half of the money went to the skate park because, as Madeline said, it needed some love. Um, and they're working on that now. So hopefully to have like some kind of tactile visual difference. Um, but the other half went to us, the Resilience Center for Programming specifically. Um, and that money sort of goes to uh, materials needed, paying our programmers, things like that. Um, because we are a nonprofit, we operate mostly under um, grants in terms of paying for things. So it was uh, it was pretty amazing to get to be a part of this huge fundraiser and then actually like get to see what the money goes towards. Great. We were just talking about health and wellness and like being active and going outside a little bit. Are there a lot of kids skating at, the, at this event? Um, there were so many kids skating at the event. It was really cute. There, So there were multiple skate contests throughout the day of like different, I am not a skater, different types of different types of competitions i don't know <laughs> bowl versus street whatever yeah. okay um <laughs> but they besides that there was also like little ramps and things built on um the little skating rink that they have that's over by the basketball courts at the skate park um where people of all ages were doing tricks and like teaching kids how to skate and uh, in between the competitions people were just like utilizing the skate park um in between the shows and and everything and we we saw quite a few kids that we actually recognized from other sites um and like other comcore events we actually like recognized them and um, and ever since then, we're trying to get a skate program off the ground here at the Resiliency Center to sort of build more excitement for Skate Jam coming in August. Um, and we already have quite a few um, youngsters that are excited about it and seem like they are ready to practice for the Skate Jam, too. Okay. I think we've had a very fruitful conversation. I hope that our listeners found all of this really interesting and maybe some of them could reach out for some programming for you guys. Um, thank you guys for both being on. I really appreciate your time being here. Madeline, if you could once more tell everyone the date and time of that little event at Devil's Kettle. Yeah, well, I actually have two things to plug. Um, first is the Skate Jam fundraiser at Devil's Kettle. It will be on Saturday, April 23rd. Uh, from 4 to 9 p.m. Um, come and stay as long as you like. Um, there will be a Skate Jam beer, so money being sold from that will go to the Skate Jam Fund. We will also have merch as well as um, other Sojourners resources if you're curious. And then on the following Saturday, on April 30th, 
Sojourners is hosting Global Youth Service Day. So if you're interested in gardening or building things, we would love to have you and your youth come out, um, help us redo our garden, help us build some picnic tables, prime the mural wall. Uh, really important and good work. So we'll hope to see you there at Devil's Cuddle on April 23rd and then at the Resiliency Center for Global Youth Service Day on April 30th. Right. Thank you guys again for showing up. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening. We appreciate all of you tuning in each week. Have a good one and stay healthy. Hi, uh, Logan here. Um, the ladies forgot to mention that uh, Sojourners, the uh, Resiliency Center, is located at 5 North uh, Schaefer Street in Athens, Ohio. And the hours are Monday through Friday, uh, 12 to 7. Thank you. <laughs>